Napa know-how. Any car brave enough to withstand a decade's worth of multi-state family voyages is worth treating to some quality parts and Napa know-how. Coolant for the Death Valley trip, wiper blades for the Pacific Northwest, air fresheners for the Southwest chili cook-off. Yeah, with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your road warrior running longer, stronger, for many more vacations to come. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Welcome to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Ask and you shall receive. Just last week, we wanted to see the Royal have a statement win, and Sunday night provided exactly that. Welcome to a very special Devante Clute, episode 27 of the Brisbane Football Review, and it's our first remote record here at Newstead Brewing Company in Milton for tonight's Raw Supporters Federation meeting. It's just James and Scott tonight, as Adam's had a last-minute issue come up. So, it's a special night. I'm actually wearing pants for this recording. I mean, um, long pants, sorry. Scott, is it weird being out of the studio? I do like that after two episodes at your house, you're calling it the studio. I do like that. Well, I was going back to our yeah. switch day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was a big win on the weekend. You happy with that? It was a very good win, actually, at the weekend. You're right. We did mention last week we needed a statement win. Yep. And I think this was... The first half might have been a bit average, but the second half after the goal from the Mariners was really good from the rule. Absolutely. That relentless pressure you need. And we are actually looking at where that victory occurred. Yes. Just looking at Suncorp yeah. Stadium. Well, so you are, anyway. I got my back to it, but... We haven't got any reflections anywhere? No, not, not in this room, anyway. Yeah, so the meeting's uh, kicking off in about an hour, so we're recording the first few segments before that happens, and might have something extra coming up a little bit later as well. We'll see what we can do. See what we can do. All right, so segment one. On a Sunday evening fixture that saw the Raw have the opportunity to go to outright third, a first half of domination without anything to show for it was turned upside down four minutes in when the Mariners hit the front when Fabio Ferreira's stunner gave the visitors an unlikely lead. However, an equally stunning eight-minute, ten-second period saw Jamie McLaren score a hat-trick as the host ran right to eventually record that long-awaited statement win. Scott? Let's just get started. Overall thoughts on the game? I'll start with the first half briefly, then we'll move to the more exciting second. Can you think of anything redeeming from the first half other than the death stare from Papadopoulos at Connor Payne? I can't think of a single thing in that first half. I suppose the fact that the Mariners came out and just played with such phenomenal desperation, it's just like just the way they came out and had a couple of shots blocked on the goal line... It wasn't the case that the Raw weren't creating chances. It's just the Mariners were literally hanging on by their fingernails yeah. for most of that first half. It was a bit of a struggle, wasn't it? A bit yeah. of arm wrestling. And I think we talked about it on Sunday. The goal from Fabio Ferreira is exactly what the game needed. It needed a goal just to open it up. Absolutely. And they're on the Raw. I think, I think a few people said the Raw just got angry. Yeah. They got mad about it and just absolutely they went for it. And it was really good to watch. It kind of reminded me a little bit of that. Uh, the Adelaide win back in 2011-12 where Dario Vitisic scored that opener yeah. and then the Raw just went, all right, we're done. Let's win this game 7-1 now. It's very much like that because the score at halftime in that game was 5-1. Yeah. So it's twice now the Raw's scored five goals and a half. Yeah, so it was very good to see and leading the line was Jamie McLaren. Second fastest hat-trick in Raw history. Goes equal top of the Golden Boot standings and first Australian striker to score 15 goals in consecutive th- seasons. So... And you'd have to say it's a really good chance of getting that golden boot now as well. 
Mm. It's just funny, like that email we got in last week's show talking about the way that McLaren has still led the line and produced goals, it does kind of put everything into perspective now where it has kind of changed my viewpoint on everything. And he could have scored more goals in this game as well. He had a couple of, you know, he had a couple of cleared off the line and all the rest of it as well. So he could have, he, he was a really good, good form on Sunday night. The desperation to keep the raw from scoring was so big, it actually, <laughs> you know, Brandon Barello got in on it as well. I think yeah. he blocked a goal-bound shot from, I want to say, Coletti? Coletti or Broich, one or two. I will give Harry Askoff credit, because that header off the line was spectacular. It was just phenomenal. Now, look. I can see why Paul Ocon was so frustrated, though, because after the goal, they just, they couldn't get out, they couldn't keep the ball. It was really shambolic from the Mariners. It took a good raw team to put them away, but the Mariners really folded. You almost kind of wonder if end of the season, the Mariners in last place, are they checking out even just a little bit? Well, you'd hope not because they've got a big derby game this week which will decide the wooden spoon. So you'd hope for their sake they're about, they're about to have a response to this game. You'd have to think so. But then again, you also do know what's coming up. You know, there's what, two rounds yeah. to go now. Paul Lurkin has put them all on notice though. Yeah. They need to deliver if they want to stay at that club. Absolutely. Now, look, we praise him every week, but Thomas Broich, how oh good goodness. is that guy? Oh, my goodness. We'll talk about the goal at the end of it in a minute, but that back heel in stoppage time, absolutely <laughs> spectacular. I miss that back heel in stoppage time because I was going out to do fan cams. Would you care to tell us a little bit, little bit about it? All right, so he was on the sideline, and he's, I can't remember who was being pressed. It might have been Storm Rooney. He's just flicked it back to, I, I want to say Corey Brown, but it was absolutely brilliant. Well, credit It was his it. second piece of brilliance earlier because the pointing to the back of his shirt after his miscued clearance, was that was brilliant, that. A German with a sense of humour. Who would have thought? <laughs> you can get away with that if your blooper reel over seven years is about 30 seconds long. <laughs> <laughs> and also when you're up 3-1. Yeah. But yeah, it was a phenomenal performance. And he's not known for scoring goals, but it's always good when he does. Yeah, he pops up with important goals. That's mm. one thing to say about Thomas Broich. He doesn't do it in the small games. He does it in the big games. Mm. The one thing that... I, look, I've got to give credit where it's due. We've criticised Manuel Arana, but he had some phenomenal like passes in the game when he came on. He opened the game up a lot after when he replaced Brett Holman, didn't he? Absolutely. Was it two assists or was it three? I can't remember. Let's, he, give, he, he let's opened, say three. Cause yeah, he, he opened the game up. I thought that's probably one of his better, better games he's had for the Roy in terms of impact. Now, we're not going to go Adelaide United and say is this a turning point for Manuel Arana, but... <laughs> we'll see. But it is good to see him having a lot more positive influence on the game because that is one of the complaints people have had where he's come on the field and done nothing. And we will need that impact off the bench in finals and games to come anyway. So that's it's a good sign for all these days having an impact on the game again. And if he is coming into form, then... Yeah, it's another option at disposal. Now, what... Now, one thing that um, Adam put in the run sheet, the sliding doors moment. If Roy O'Donovan's shot goes in to make it 2-0 in the 53rd minute, do you think the Raw would have been in trouble for coming back? I don't know, actually, because the way the Raw got so angry in response to the whole thing, I think they would have gone for it anyway. <laughs> That's very true. I think they would have just gone for it anyway. I mean, whether they, they might have, Mariners might have got more confidence to hold a result, but I think the Raw, they would have at least got one goal, probably two anyway, I at think, least. Yeah, possibly, but I still think it would have been very interesting to see how things would have played out because I know there were a lot of well there weren't a lot of people in the crowd because Sunday at 7 o'clock but it was there were a fair few people around me that were getting quite frustrated I think everyone was getting frustrated I know I was getting frustrated particularly at the way the Raw were playing Mm. now the Mariners do you think they panicked or was it just a case of the Raw finally having the confidence to go we're the better side here we have to win by a lot I think it was both I think the Raw knew they needed the win given the top four implications I think the Mariners just 
this is what they've done over the last few years, and it's what Paul Ocon's trying to correct. He's trying to fix this defensive malaise they've got. They just, they couldn't, they didn't have any shape to their defence in the in the second half. There was clear chances for the Royal. It wasn't really, it was good play to open them up, but it was they were wide open there for the taking. I think that's it's a mixture of both. Absolutely. So, have the has this result sealed uh, third place for the Raw? I ninety percent. I, I think would if they say can get a point over in Perth or something out of that game at the weekend. I think you can, you can I, kind of guarantee they'll be finishing. I wouldn't go so far as to say third place, but I feel like we can sort yeah. of make plans for having a home final yeah. on the what middle weekend, you know, the Anzac Day weekend. It'd probably be Anzac weekend, yeah. Yep. All right, so let's move on to the other A League scores. Adelaide, I'm missing wh- something here. I'm not letting this go. What did I we mean? We are talking about D'Agostino. Uh, I, th- I thought I, mean, I could look, slip it past you. No, I mean, look, seriously, not, I won't go on about too long, but that's a fantastic strike from a young player. Absolutely. That's that's the way he plays in the youth league. He's scored a lot of goals like that. And to see him take the confidence... I mean, he had Thomas Broich on the overlap there. That most players would have given it to Thomas Broich, and he had the confidence to go for it. Absolutely. So it, was it was really good. It was a really good thing. And we've actually just seen our frequent guest was Brown walking in. How are you going? All right, so we're just talking about the Mariners game, and yeah, D'Agostino, very good goal. Very good goal, yeah. All right, so other A-League scores, now we'll have to get onto it. Uh. Perth made a rare away trip to Adelaide and had to settle for a 1-1 draw, which... Very quickly, penalty or not? Castro, dive. I think, uh, it's, a, I think it's a soft one, but... That's right, I asked Adam to just put the uh, Jeremy Clarkson smug face <laughs> here, and yes, it was an absolutely pathetic dive from Diego Castro. <laughs> All right, so West Sydney Wanderers 3-0 over Newcastle. Wanderers, you've got to be a little nervous about him in cu- coming up to the finals. They're, they're the team that actually worries me in the bottom four. They're <laughs> the team, if I was in the top two, they're the team I wouldn't want to play because they're hitting form at the right time. Absolutely. Sydney FC 3-0 over Melbourne City. Boy, you know what? They're, they're really not taking their foot off the plate. It feels like Graham Arnold's got, just <laughs> got these guys totally focused. And I think he had the smartest moment of his coaching career I agree. the guys getting to get the yellow cards and get the, the suspensions thing. out of the I way. I have no problem with it. It's, it's smart. You don't want them suspended for the finals and you don't want them to miss out on lifting the Premier's plate. Yeah. And they avoid a trip to Wellington. I mean, okay, Wellington's a nice place, but it's a, it's a long trip and you've got customs to clear and all the rest of it. It's a, it's a good time to get a rest in for those players. Yep, definitely. I think it's you know, very clever coaching, and you know you're doing something right when they try and change the rules to stop your tactics. I do tactics. wish that John Ellis would do something similar to Corey Brown. We don't need him suspended for finals, so he's one yellow away, so <laughs> if we can had... get Corey Brown to get a yellow card on Saturday night, that'd be great. Perfect. And finally, Wellington 3-0 over <laughs> Melbourne victory. I did not see that coming. I didn't see it at all, actually, because I was on the way to the game, but... <laughs> I was following the results and just going, hang on, someone must have posted something wrong on Twitter here. It's, um... That keeps their slim finals hopes alive. They've got to beat Sydney FC, though, so I think they're probably out of it. But victory got some concerns. Absolutely. Well, we might touch on those a little bit later yep. when we get into our finals previews. We'll be back after this. This is Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com.
and welcome back to this week's Brisbane Football Review on location at the Newstead Brewing Company for the Outside 90 Fan Network. James Scott and Adam, no Adam today, I <laughs> got caught in my own little Ron Burgundy moment. It's James and Scott with you today and we're going to go into our news and other stuff segment. But before we do that, we know we've got some loyal listeners and some not so loyal listeners, mum, dad... But uh, if you are listening to us, make sure you leave us a review on iTunes and Audio Boom because we would love to actually be the highest rated show for the Outside 90 Fan Network. Cause, well, it helps right? James's ego. Yeah, that and also it would be nice to you know give those Sydney guys a bit of a bit of a shot before going into finals. Yeah, always, always. I don't know. That's just me. Yeah. But anyway, so we're going to start off with last night's NPL game, which saw Brisbane City beat Brisbane Royal Youth three two. Uh, it was interesting game from what from what we heard. You did I go. did see the highlights of it just before we started recording. I mean, it's one of those again the roar of conceded a late goal, and it's a scrappy late goal they've conceded as well. It's kind of the story of their NPL season so far. Simon Beale wins it for City in the yeah. 91st minute, but apparently there was a bit of a incident with Adam Sawyer. Yes, an own goal. It was an unfortunate back pass from what I've seen. But I only have only had one look at it, but well, it's unfortunate. Sometimes. <laughs> I suppose that's something you expect when you've got a youth, youth yeah. scored a little bit. Nathan Yoon, though, like he's just proving to be a phenomenal bright spot for this side. Was yeah. it five goals in six matches? Is he worthy of, well, first of all, full-time National Youth League contract, and could you see him moving into the A-League squad for next season? I think it's a bit too soon for that. I think there's other players in this young little squad you've got to get on full-time deals. Like we talked about last week, Daningham. Daningham's a full international now. You've got to look after him first. I think you can kind of hide Nathan Yoon in the the youth system for another year without him getting picked up by anyone. So We better stop talking about him then. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think he's going extremely well, but I think it's a bit too soon to talk about him in that context. Well, that's fair enough. Just curious to see how things are going to go going forward. Mm. So we've got uh, other games. Now, it was a bit of a rough weekend as Brisbane got hit yeah. by the remnants of Tropical Cyclone Debbie. Mm. Uh, the only games that actually went ahead were in North Queensland. So yeah. the Heat beat Olympic 1-0 and Northern Fury beat South West Queensland 2-1. First what- loss of the season for Olympic, James. Well, it shows they are human after all. Now, the games uh, were meant to take place over the weekend. They were rescheduled to Tuesday night. So it was Redlands 1-1 over Go- with Gold Coast City, mm-hmm. Brisbane Strikers with a routine 9-0 victory over Sunshine Coast Fire, and Morton Bay 0-0 with Western Pride. I'm getting worried about Sunshine Coast. That's 8-8-9 eight, eight, they've shipped in the last three weeks. That's a real concern. How many defenders do they have on the books? I'm not sure, but I w- again, I, the MPL put out some video highlights of the games this afternoon and... The goals were pretty routine goals. I'm getting a bit concerned for Sunshine Coast. But the funny thing is, despite all of that, they're not actually in last place. They've had two draws, so they're sitting above southwest Queensland. Who actually played quite well when I saw them play, so that's... Anyway, that's... But one thing, we noticed with, one thing we noticed with the Thunder last week, yeah. when they played the Roar at Suncorp, is they're out to attack. They, well, they play that in Vogue 3-5-2 system, so... Mm. I'm not sure what Sunshine Coast are playing, but they might need some more defenders. Yep. So, some round seven fixtures. Olympic versus Brisbane City. Saturday, Strikers versus South West Queensland. And Western Pride versus Far North Queensland. Northern Fury versus Gold Coast. Moreton Bay versus Redlands. And Sunshine Coast Fire are playing Brisbane Raw Youth. Sunday the 9th of April at Kiwana. And this game will be live-streamed on the Football Queensland hmm. social media network. So, if you can't get up to the Sunshine Coast on Sunday, you can watch the game that way. Well, it's funny you mention that. I'm actually up the coast for a running event this weekend. Well, well, guess who's just volunteered to provide the recap for this game? Who said I'll be functional after running 15Ks, five of which will be on the beach? Who said you're functional anyway? Well, yeah, you've heard this show before. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Brisbane Premier League, 
remainder of the round will be caught up at a later date. The yep. only one that went ahead was East's 5-0 over Ipswich Knights. Yep, that was played last night. Abraham Yango scored for East, so... I remember him. Yeah. Den favourite. So, in the news, we're actually going to go back to something I missed in the last segment, but... Yep. Jamie Young versus Michael Theo. Young was interviewed for 4-4-2, and some pretty interesting quotes came out. Over the last two seasons, I've been largely the number one at the club, playing a lot of games. This year, I've had to bide my time, but as you can see, the stats don't lie. I'm still able to perform given any circumstance. I've never seen myself as a number two at any time in my career, and I think that shows why I've played so many games for Brisbane. I always compete for the number one spot, and the manager knows he's got a quality human being in me both on and off field. He knows that I play for the team, him, and the supporters... It's important to me that at any time I'm called upon, I must do my job to the best of my ability. Never, I never drop my head. I always look to improve and never dwell on the past. You know what? Yeah. I love that quote. That's some great quotes there, isn't it? Yeah. That's what you want to hear from every player in the squad. Mm. You don't when, want players content to sit on the bench. You want every player to want to play. And mm. it's clear that Jamie views himself as a, as a starting goalkeeper and he wants to play. It's great. Yeah, exactly. And You know, I've been fairly, not anti-Jamie Young, yeah. but I've always thought Michael Theo was a much better option yeah. for the club. But seeing him come forward yeah. that way and say, you know what, I feel like I'm the best yeah. goalie, I really like that. Uh, to be fair, the goal at the weekend was nothing to do with him. He's oh, like, no, that no was goalkeeper just... stopping that. And I will say, I think Aloisi kind of agrees with you as well. Mm. When the two are fit, it seems to be the default go back to Theo. Just... So maybe, maybe Aloisi views it that way, but it's good that Jamie doesn't view it that way because he is... Theo's had a long run of injuries. He's only one injury away from playing again. Well, we were trying to work it out on Sunday is how many games Michael Theo's missed over the last few yeah. years with injury. And look, we're not saying it's... it's at least 50% because yeah. Jamie Young's made over 50 appearances the last three years. So Yeah, and we're not going to go so far as to say Theo's injury prone or something, but he is an old keeper. And as you hit, as you hit your mid-30s, things do start to... You know, it yeah. takes that little bit longer to recover yeah. from a match. You might you know need that extra day of recovery. Yeah, and... When Jamie Young's played, he's done well. Yeah. Absolutely. For the most part. Apart from his shaky start a couple of years ago. Mm, and he still has a few calamitous moments, like a certain preliminary final last year. But all that being said, we've got a phenomenal shot stopper in him. Yeah. On his game, like we've said it all along, he is one of the better keepers in the league. It's just he can't be back to produce that It's a that great weekend. luxury to have for the Raw, and I wonder how much longer they're going to be able to have that, given the, some of the goalkeepers who are starting around the league. Mm. Surely it's one club's going to think, hey, maybe we could get one of the keepers out of the raw to be our number one. Yeah. All right, so moving on. The video assistant referee yeah. online trial begins this weekend. And funnily enough, the main example they used yeah. talking about the launch was the last time Brisbane travelled to Perth. Yes, well, they picked out, like they said, it was half over the sideline and then, oh, maybe not. They they, then they fast-forwarded it so it was clearly over the goal line. It's just, so they it seems said like it's going to be a long overturned. and... Yeah, it would have been overturned. It seems like it's going to be a long process, though, if they're going to... Look at 50-50 kind of things. Like, was he over the sideline when they can see he's clearly over the over the goal line anyway? But the funny thing, and this is a little note for our colleagues at Far Post Perth, yeah. who I'm sure are listening this week, they said the Barisha penalty in the 2012 Grand Final was the correct call because there was slight contact, which knocked Barisha off balance. So, and your friend and our friend Liam Miller said he fouled him, said he clipped him. So move on. Mm. But I look forward to them bringing that up again. And you've just you've just started Far Post Perth off on a rant, I'm sure. Yeah, it's so not hard like, to our friends in the West. It, it's, it's, oh, don't worry, I've got plenty more to come in the preview. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Thomas Broich retirement talk. The story came out from Marco, I believe it was, yep. this week, talking about how Broich is essentially saying he's enjoying his football so much, he's feeling nice and healthy. While it hasn't gone so far as some of the reactions to it saying, you know, Broich has re-signed, it kind of seems like he's 
retirement is the least likely option for him right now. It seems like he's strongly considering playing on, which... If you're a Raw fan, that's exactly what you want to hear. Mm, he's been fantastic for the club, and the longer he wants to hang around, the better. Especially with the way he's been performing the last yeah. few months. Like We saw him and McLaren basically set, take over the game on Sunday night. And how good was yeah. that? And Tommy Orr was meant to come in and almost be his replacement. And at the moment, you have to say he's keeping Tommy Orr out the side, mm. which now, is a testament to just how good a form he's in. Now, next year, though, I can't see him keeping Tommy Orr out just purely because Orr's coming up to a marquee status, and yeah. do you want your marquee player sitting on the bench coming on at 60, 65, 70 minutes every week? It'll be one of those things where they'll pick and choose Thomas Boyce's games. Because mm. you like can still play Tommy Orr in a central role as well. I still feel like he's going to rack up 25 or so appearances, yeah. but he might wind up making 15 or so from yeah. the bench. Yeah, he's going to be... They're going to horse him through the season to get him ready for this time of the year. Kind of like what they've done this year. He didn't play much. Remember he had a few games on the bench? Yeah. I think they're going to do that with it again next year with him if yeah. he sticks around. Which, just like with Theo, when you're an older footballer, you have to make those moves. Yes. All right, so Tony Pinata Q&A, you yeah. notice this. Uh, salary cap increases have been... Yeah, he was doing a Q&A last, last night, talking to all the Sydney fans, a whole bunch of stuff. But the only thing interesting I found about it was with, we knew the salary cap was going up, we didn't know to what. And he said it was $2.95 million, which I think is about $300,000 increase. Which, which is not an insignificant yeah. amount. I'm just wondering if that means everyone's contract's going to be bumped up. Or if it, that's going to be extra money you can allocate. That'd be interesting to see how that plays out. Because that doesn't include things like your loyalty bonuses, etc. Just looking at the um, way salaries are structured, I think yeah. I saw some numbers talking about the average salary yeah. per the PFA. Yeah. So make of that what you will. Uh, it's like $140,000 for your yeah. average player. Yeah. So that's two players, essentially. Yeah. Well, and if the minimum wage has gone up, which I'm assuming it has, that means that those players are going to be bumped up as well. And once again, it is making yeah. So that's going to chew up a significant. Option. That's going to chew up a significant part of the increase anyway. But it's interesting to have a confirmed figure on that. Mm, absolutely. And finally, there's just one little interesting story that came out today. Yeah. The FFA have announced a vote on whether or not a new championship trophy is needed. Now, look, I think we all agree, championship trophy, the toilet seat, not the most pressing issue at FFA headquarters right now. It'd be about 40th on the list. Yeah. <laughs> but that being said, you know. It's one of those things you hear people complaining about all the time is, oh, it's an ugly trophy, I hate it, I hate it. Well, now you've got a chance to have your voice heard. Yeah, it's unique. I don't personally care whether they change it or not, but surely they can... It's typical FFA, isn't it? Focus on the issues which are not exactly the most important at the moment, like on a, on a expansion, the Congress, etc., and they're worrying about the trophy. Anyway. I'll be honest, they they could just have a golden pole or something, <laughs> as long as it's Matt Mackay or Jade North or someone hoisting it in early yeah. May, I think we'll all be happy. Yeah. Alright, that's going to do it for segment two of the Brisbane Football yeah. Review. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com.
All right, welcome back to the next segment of the Brisbane Football Review podcast here at Newstead Brewing Company in Milton. The Raw Supporters Federation's meeting has just wrapped up, so it's James and Scott to take you through the events of the uh, last couple of hours. Scott, yeah, what did you make of the night? It was a really interesting night, actually. There were some good takeaways. We'll get to them in a minute. Um, now we'll we start sh- with the Before end. you start, though, we should just apologise for the background noise. Yeah. There are some conversations going on. Yeah, there's the... still a few people in the room, so we apologise if we're not quite coming through as clearly as we normally do, but... We'll see what happens. We'll start, we'll start the, the end of the thing with the badge. What do you think? We'll share the badge out on our social media. So if you haven't seen it yet, you'll it'll be up on our social media tonight or tomorrow. What do you think of it, James? I, lost, I think it's good. I don't mind it. I quite like it. They've basically just taken the current logo and I would say just cleaned it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a lot cleaner and a lot better, I think. So if yeah. we go right back to the start, we started with a, a story clearing up the controversy of a few weeks ago. Yep. With so, um, Ross Aloisi. So Ross Aloisi, we're just looking at talking to a few fans now. Yep. He basically is saying he didn't do what he was initially accused of in the yep. media, which was punching Jacopo Romeo. Someone like somebody, yeah. One of the Adelaide assistants, we'll just go with that. Yep, the Adelaide assistants call. So obviously he was upset over the decision to red card Theo and give the penalty to Adelaide at the end. John actually instructed him to go straight to the dressing room, which, good sign of leadership from yeah. John. And... Ross basically clarified tonight they've been getting all sorts of abuse from Adelaide's bench in Spanish, thinking they wouldn't understand it, and that the two paths essentially intersected in the tunnel as Romeo was coming down. Yeah, and then there was some further further discussions in the tunnel, and Alois said he pushed him. Yep. So, and that's basically what it ended up being. They, there was supposedly four witnesses. A couple of them were discredited for not being in the room or something and yep. it was basically found that he had pushed him. So what he admitted to essentially was that he did push him away with the fore- forearm and that the Adelaide assistant did exaggerate the contact which in football is very, very rare for someone to do like that. Never. Never happened. The, the comments that I quite liked from Ross though was, you know, little did I know you can't push, push another official <laughs> <laughs> and I will not push anyone again. Well, I think that's fair. There were a few other questions as well directed towards Mark Kingsman, you yep. know, were there any complaints made about the behaviour of the Adelaide officials? And he basically threw that away, saying, no, we don't want to be that club. Yep. And, yeah. you know, fair call. You don't want to... I suppose you don't want to be that club that cries wolf and then has 20 complaints to deal with every single week. It was week. also hectic. We might have just been done with it. Just yep. get it out of the way of it. And they decided to push forward yep. with the rest of the season. Now, one thing that really jumped out at me tonight was... The idea that the Raw are really pushing towards being a youth development club. Yes, that's one sort of thing. I talk, there was a lot of discussion about youth. That's something, I mean, I've heard that story from the, uh, when the chairman, Raheem I can't, uh, so- Sokasesh. Yeah. He was here tonight as well on the panel along with Mark Kingsman and Ross Aloisi. And he relayed a story that was relayed initially last year about how the owner is really big on youth development and players from the region representing the club. And that was, you're right, that was a really big theme. It was uh, it was very very often pushed by Ross Aloisi talked about it in, in great detail about how opportunities emerged for the likes of Joe Coletti, etc. I thought it was really interesting discussion about yeah. how they get, how they work it and how they get games for these players and all the rest of it. I thought it was interesting. Absolutely. So, moving on, we're just, we're just going to do yeah. keep this quick. I will, there will be a write-up on our social media tomorrow as well. Yep. So we're just going to keep it quick. Um, the, the topic of player retention came up because we've got yeah. a lot of major players off contract. Yeah. 
And essentially, we got given the line that you get in a lot of salary cap leagues. Yeah, they said a lot without saying anything, really, yeah. didn't they? We can't keep everybody because everybody yeah. wants a pay rise because they're doing yeah. a good job. And in essence, this is where you do have to rely on the club's youth development. Yeah. Basically, they didn't... They didn't they straight straight batted everything for about Coletti. They never gave any indication one way or another about him. Stido Thomas Broich. I mean, it was kind of smart in a way because you didn't. They, if they are negotiating with those players or anyone else, it, it affects your negotiating position. So, yep. See, the one thing I did kind of take from this, as much as we want him to stay, it does sound like Jamie McLaren's on the way out. So it was a little bit disappointing, but with the money that he appears to be looking for, unless a marquee spot opens up with the Raw, yeah. he's playing somewhere else next year. This is purely our interpretation. Possibly. I mean, look, I really, it's, it's hard to gauge what they were. I, I just think they didn't really want to answer the question about the players. They knew they had to say something, and they gave a detailed explanation of how the salary cap works. And we also should say, we talked about it in segment two, Tony Pinata said the cap was going to 2.9 million. Mark Kingston basically said the same thing. It's going up by 300000 So that's it, that seems like it's been agreed. But the minimum wage is also going yeah. up by, I think, like 15000 52 to 70 or something like that. God, I'm in the wrong profession. I should have been a yeah. football player. Hang on. Yeah, so basically that's going to affect a lot of players at the Raw, I would assume, because they've got a lot of young players under contract who I'm assuming are around that pay grade. So they've, they're all going to be in line for a significant pay rise, which is good for them. Speaking of retention, though, it does seem like things are well in motion for the Aloisi brothers to stay with yeah. the Raw for the next, yeah. for the foreseeable future. It does sound like the reports in the media that we've seen the last few days that oh, a few weeks, sorry, are accurate. That it's all but agreed based on what Mark Kingsman was saying. It's it's in the hands of the lawyers, basically, didn't he say? Yep. Well, one thing that uh, Kingsman actually said was that the deal was essentially agreed to. What was it in September? September and yeah. Now it's just with the lawyers. Yeah. And the lawyers might be trying to increase yeah. their billable hours just Who a knows. little bit. But it does sound like both John and Ross will be here next year. And they did mention stability was a big thing as well. They think that stable clubs are, are successful clubs. And that's something that was, that was also mentioned a lot tonight. Yep. And one final topic that really jumped out was uh, the there was quite a lot of debate about the stability of the club going forward. Yep. So, you know, have we received assurances from the backeries that we are yeah. going to have... I suppose, an event-free off-season, which yeah. would be nice for and us. And that was the one thing the chairman did indicate, that he believes that the backer was 100% committed to this, that they're not go- it's not going to be any off-field dramas this year. It's going to be smooth sailing, according to him, basically, which is good. That sounds like they're fully committed, which is good. Yep. So, And it's, the other thing that was Mark Kingston talked about, that was there's clear lines of communication which have been created, which weren't necessarily there in the first place, which is good. Yep. Now... That's going to be it for our recap of the Raw Support Federation media yep. tonight. And we're actually going to move on to the preview of the Perth Glory game coming up, where the Raw have, where the Raw have to make a very rare trip to Perth because Perth will have... Another home game so for Perth, James. Ha- Another home game for Perth. I know. Who would have thought? Yeah. All right. So we're going to do that. And then, uh, well, quite frankly, we want to get home and eat. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So it's just James has got with you, Scott. You've got a couple of quick plugs for us? Yeah, so you can listen to our podcast on Audio Boom and iTunes, social media, Facebook, Prison Football Review, Twitter at Raw Review, and you can listen to a Switch 1197 as well. And of course, James does the po- does the fan cams outside Suncorp Stadium. Um, All right, so it's Raw versus Glory, 10 p.m. 8 p.m. local yep. at NIB Stadium in Perth. So it's a late one. I yep. hope everyone's got the coffee ready for Saturday <laughs> yeah. night. 
three fixtures so far this year. We've got FFA Cup round of 32, 2-0. Yep. The 2-1 win in Brisbane in round four, which I think was a very good performance from the Raw from memory. It's one of the better ones, yeah. And then that highly controversial 2-2 draw with Perth, which obviously would have been different if the virtual assistant referee was yes. around, but unfortunately not. So the Raw are three points ahead in third and have a superior goal difference to fourth place City. Mm -hmm. Do you reckon there's any risk of complacency against a desperate glory side? I would hope not, because this could very well be a matchup we see in three weeks' time in the finals. Mm. There's a there's a good chance that the way the Wanderers' form is hitting, that um, that Perth will end up finishing in sixth. If they don't win this game, they'll end up finishing sixth. And if they're all finished third, then we'll play them week one. Yep. So we need to put a market out against these guys. Yeah. All right, so starting lineup predictions. Obviously, there, it's, it is a double match week with the Champions League yep. coming up. So, are there any players that you would potentially see getting rested? See, this is the thing. I would go play this game strongest 11. And if yep. we tie up third place or at least top four, go all in for that Champions League. We'll get to that in a minute. And rest players in the Wellington game at home. Yep. If we've got it sewn up, then we, that's where you can rest players. I'm sure say Corey Brown's one yellow card away from a one-game suspension, so... Hopefully, uh, John Aloisi or Ross. Yep. Who might I mention uh, that to Ross, actually. Yeah, actually, might have to go up and talk yeah. to him in a second. So, yeah, hopefully Brown can show a little bit of foresight. And yep. Just get that yellow card. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm, don't get it in week 27, whatever you do. I, I'm, I'm sure... Well, he got his last yellow card for descent, so I'm sure he can yell at <laughs> yeah. again. Actually, I think they saw there's a yellow card bit that will be dished out if you ask the referee to go to the video. So... Really? Is that the case? Yeah, so I'm thinking, you know, 85 That's it, Corey. Just, just random offside decision. Just, just go, <laughs> call on the video ref, mate. <laughs> All right, so some of the other A-League fixtures coming up. You've got Friday, Melbourne City yep. against Adelaide. See, this is the good thing for the Roars. They play before us this week. Okay. So we may very well know whether we need to win this game against Perth or not to secure Because if City drop points, then we may be able to get third with a draw. Yep. So that's a huge bonus for us. And then Wellington versus Sydney on Saturday yep. and Western Sydney Wanderers against Melbourne Victory. Now, we almost have to be hoping the Wanderers keep their solid run of form yeah. going. I think the Wanderers just may very well win that game. It's the if You're talking about second place here, obviously, potentially. Yeah. I think it's the last game you're going to have to be praying for a miracle. Yeah, that's right. But what gets like next week? We'll see. And then Sunday, Central Coast Mariners against Newcastle Jets. See, this will be a good game in a sense because two desperate sides to avoid the wooden spoon. You'd and have they, to hope. The, the two they played two good games this year. Those two sides. No, that actually. So I will actually be interested to watch that game. But now, which Central Coast Mariners player is going to get taken out by his teammate celebrating a goal? <laughs> <laughs> All right, and finally, we're going to move on to the Asian Champions League group stage. So it's next Wednesday, twelfth of April, at Suncorp slash Brisbane Stadium for sponsorship yep. reasons. Last meeting was three 0 in Kashima, where I thought the Raw held out for. Quite it, was well. a, it was a decent performance, wasn't it? Well, in comparison to the All-Sign game before, it wasn't too bad. And they just got outclassed yeah. by a better side. And I think, look, the thing is with the Champions League, we're going to have to win all three games to get through. Yep. But I'd rather this game be first, because I think this is the hardest one. And the advantage And if we do win this game, then you can think, OK, we've got to at least try in Thailand in three weeks' time or whatever it is. Yep. If we drop this game, the other two games are irrelevant. So this game matters. That's why I think this game, we have to go for it here. Absolutely. Anything less than a win is because I do think enough. I do think at our best we can be we can we can compete with Montong and Edge that game, and then all sign at home on the last day that'll be a completely different game. And you would say that the two toughest opponents are playing here in Brisbane. Yeah. So look, I don't know if yeah. it's going to be a huge crowd, but you'd have to hope whatever support yeah. does turn up can get behind. Traditionally, them. the Japanese clubs only travel get the best crowds. 
Yeah. So hopefully there's a bigger crowd here for this game, and we're running out of chances to see the Raw at home this year. So. Yep. All right, so we're going to go into just a couple of quick predictions. So we're going to start off with A-League in Perth. I'm going to say that it's going to be a 1-1 draw. I was going to say the same thing, so I'll say 2-all draw again. I won't copy you. <laughs> and Asian Champions League, I'm going to say that the Roar are going to lose 2-1. I'll say it's going to be a 1-all draw. Well, fingers we'll crossed. Get our, we'll get the goal and we'll just be pushing for it. We won't get the winner. All right, so that's going to be it for segment three of the Brisbane Football Review. We should say a very special thanks to the Raw Supporters Federation for hosting us tonight. And we- also Newstead at... The Milton Brewery here as well. That's right. Allowing us to record here. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a fantastic experience. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be back right after this. This is Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Alright, welcome back to a very special segment for the Brisbane Football Review here at Newstead Brewing Company in Milton. It's James and Scott, joined by our very special guest, Managing Director of the Raw, Mr. Mark Kingsman. Thank you very much for your time. You're welcome, boys. Scott, you had the first question? Yeah, I was just thinking back to when you first took over, back in August, September, you said um, you didn't want business as usual because it's not been very good. You want it to be better, it has to be better. I was thinking, what were you thinking specifically back then was your first impression that needed changing? What we needed to, to concentrate on first and foremost was was in turn internally within the club to make sure that um, the commercial side and the the football side were working together, yep. um, so that we had one team. Uh, I think you've probably seen uh, after the game you see a number of the commercial team have been going out onto the pitch and yep. congratulating players and involved and um, being involved in victories because it's. Uh, in, in one one entire unit pulling in the same direction. That was that was important hurdle to overcome first of all, so that uh, we all we all had a common goal and a common culture throughout the whole club. All right. How would you sum up your time with the club so far? Obviously, you've come in late last year and you've tried to put in a few changes. Are you happy with how it's gone so far? The time time at the club so far has really been a it's been a massive learning curve. I mean, that's what it's about. It's about coming in and and learning a, a different business and trying to understand um what what every everybody wants it's 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 kind of unique when you're you're dealing with uh, you know your supporters your your supporters that have been at the club for for 12 years um then you're dealing with ffa fifa afc um government there's there's lots of different um aspects of the the, the game that you have to learn um you have to to learn to be a little bit more patient, to be honest, um, things happen a lot slower than than I'm used to in my in my, my other world, um, where you know you can you can sit there and make decisions and and, and get things done straight away. It, it takes longer. Absolutely. So one of the questions that was asked tonight, I'd love to get your answer on this again. The Backrys, they've poured a lot of money into this club. They were talking about a. Fi- figure of 24 million tonight mm-hmm. why would they still be involved in something that is such a big money loss for them 
it's their passion. I mean, you know, as Rahim, our chairman, spoke tonight, you spoke about the passion, the passion that runs throughout the whole family and their desire to, to, to get Indonesian football on the map. Um, you know, over the years, we've, we, you know, since, since the Socceroos' involvement um, and their successes at World Cups and Olympics, then, then obviously we've embraced that. They don't have that in their country. They don't have an Indonesian national team. They don't have Indonesian players that they can call heroes like we do. Um, and and the Bakri family certainly, uh, Pak Nirwan, who's the head of the family, is is very keen on seeing Indonesian players playing around the world, and certainly an Indonesian team to be able to compete in, in in major major competitions. Uh, you know, he's uh, that's that's obviously a very ambitious challenge for him, but I think it's one that that, that drives him and and along with his love of football. Absolutely. So they are proper football people. They love seeing their clubs achieve. Not, not only their clubs. I mean, he, you know, I, I watch them on Twitter uh, and the family and, you know, nine, nine, nine comments out of ten are all about football and football around the world, whether it be a Real Madrid score um, or somebody else's spectacular goal, uh, a Brisbane Raw result. So they will, you know, they're going out with Twitter uh, and, and posting those sorts of things. So they've got a real passion and a genuine love of the game. And you talked about them wanting to grow Indonesian football does that involve having players coming to the Raw from Indonesia to try and, I suppose, play overseas and grow the game? Ultimately, yes. Ultimately, and that's why the the development of the academy is, whilst it's something that's been very much driven by, by ourselves within within Brisbane and the club here, uh, it's something that they're very keen to, to see develop as well so that they can look at bringing uh, young Indonesian players over to Australia and we'll combine not just a footballing education, but a, a, you know an academic education as well um, to, to see if we can help develop the game in Indonesia as well. With that in mind, everything that's happened, are you convinced that this off-season will be different to the last couple with limited disruptions? Big question. Um, <laughs> what we're here for? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, I mean, I, I know that as uh, as an organisation within within a, our operation that we control here, we're working very, very hard um, for that to happen. We uh, are in constant communication with the with the owners about what the requirements are moving forward. They uh, are seeming to understand the importance of what we're asking for, yeah. um, and 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 they they promise that that will happen. So I, I feel reasonably confident that we'll go through um, the season in, uh, you know, the off season in a in a stronger manner than we than we have done in previous years. Um, we, you know, our memberships are, are ready to go on sale now, um, as opposed to dropping them in at the last minute last year. So, uh, you know, we're ready and we're we're far more prepared, and, and I think we're in a lot stronger position than we were 12 months ago. And you're convinced that John Alusi will be re-signed sooner rather than later, 100%. officially? Yeah, that's good to hear. So. How, so you were saying tonight the contract has been essentially agreed on, it's just with the lawyers? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And another retention topic, there are a lot of players off contract. What's going into trying to re-sign yeah. some of the players that the fans would like to see back, such as McLaren, Coletti, Broich? There's three different questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, three players in very different stages yeah. of their career. So how does the club's approach to re-signing players compared with replacing with youth development? Youth, youth development is obviously very important. And, and when you when you look at somebody like a, a Joey Coletti, who's who's obviously come up through through uh, 
um, the AIS and through our our program as well. Um, you, you know, he's a, he's an exceptional talent and certainly one for the future. And we'll do whatever we can to to try and hold on to him. And we, you know, he I think he enjoys playing at the club and and uh, you know we'll we'll, we'll try and work. Um, to, to, to keep him and, and work with him and, and help develop him. Um, it's, you know, it's worth remembering that he's only played a handful of games. Um, so we need to be mindful of that. And we also need to be, be cautious around his development. Um, but certainly, I mean, we, 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 we see him as we see many of our young, young players as ones for the future. On the opposite end of that, I mean, it's been well documented around um, Thomas. Um, and we'll sit down with the end of the at the end of the season, or John will sit down at the end of the season with with, with Thomas and discuss, you know, where 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 we go with that. I mean, certainly he's been fantastic for the club, um, and there's lots of calls for him to remain in the club. And, and in what uh, what for, what um, category that will be, we'll we'll we'll, we'll make to see. One thing, sort of following on from that, I've noticed you've brought in Shane Stefanudo in a role. Jade North has spoken of his desire to stick around. Is it a good sign for the culture of the club that you have so many players wanting to stick around beyond their playing days? Definitely. I mean, it, it, it is. It's, it's, it's because it's the, the whole environment. It's not just a footballing environment. It's what I, I said right at the beginning on your first question about what we had to try and fix. It was, it was the, the create a culture throughout the whole, the whole of the club. And not just not just the playing side of the club, and to give people opportunities, um, we see that the academy program will afford lots of players opportunities to move into coaching if they want to go into coaching, um, and that kind of development and marketing and everything else. So there's opportunities within that club. It's always good to try and keep people that um, that we're aware of, and 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 um, we understand that they've got the right the right uh, approach to, to football. All right, so we've got two more questions for you. Because okay. I think we all want to get <laughs> yeah. out of here. Yep, I've got them. Scott, you've yep. got to run for the train? No, you go. I'll go. Okay. You go, then I'll go. Okay, so first of all, finals. Yep. What is the club's expectation for crowds? Because we've essentially secured a home final. Are you hoping for one final or maybe a home grand final? Of course we hope for a grand final. Um, you know, Like I said earlier today, it's still possible that we can finish second and I'm never the optimist. Yep. Um, but certainly we'd love to have a grand, home grand final. Every, I think everybody involved in the club would do that. Um, that said, I think if we, we end up going away, I think we'll be competitive. Um, we, know, we know from years gone by that, that we're, we're a side that can, can win on the big day. And we, we proved that this year with, with our win in, in Shanghai against all odds. Um, we'll we, we'll aim to replicate that. So we don't. Obviously, you'd prefer to be at home, but if we're if we're away, we'll we'll, we'll be there. We'll be going there to win. And it'll be great to keep, uh, silence those Sydney's fans if you do have to travel there on Grand Final Day, right? Oh, if they get that far. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, we'll leave the last question with you. I was going to say, with the season that's gone, is the football club happy with the way it's progressed this season? Obviously, Champions League is a was a massive success. Just general thoughts on the season so far. I, th- I think the season's been good. I yeah. think there's there's lots of positives. I mean, yeah. we, we're we're sitting sitting well in the A League. Obviously, the Champions League results haven't haven't gone um, as well as we would have liked yeah. so far. But we've, you know, we've we've had a couple of tough tough away trips. We've got we've got we've got two home games now in the Champions yeah. League. So we're we're, we're certainly um, not not writing off our chances yeah. in the Champions League. Um, but but more importantly, I think. 
Um, you know, the W League was very, very successful yeah. in terms of attendances and the way in which we played and how we, you, you know, we, we, we were unlucky in a number of games um, in, in, in there. Our youth development has been fantastic. I mean, in, you know, in terms of the, the players that come through and, and now got A-League and AFC experience, yeah. um, is has been tremendously successful. So I think there's a lot lot that we can look back on and say that yeah. there's there's been successes both on and off the pitch. And plenty more hopefully to come. Course, yeah. this is uh, the start of a very, very long journey. Yeah. All right, that's going to be it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. Mr. Kingsman, thank you very much for You're your welcome. time. We really thank appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right, well, that's going to be it. We'll talk to everyone next week. This has been the Brisbane Football Review. Thanks for listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Any car brave enough to withstand a decade's worth of multi-state family voyages is worth treating to some quality parts and Napa know-how. Coolant for the Death Valley trip, wiper blades for the Pacific Northwest, air fresheners for the Southwest Chili Cook-Off. Yeah, with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your road warrior running longer, stronger, for many more vacations to come. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how.